Good morning, everybody. Well, there's still some more coming in. Good morning, everybody. All right, so we're going to get our services started as we normally do. Let's, uh, let's marinate our hearts in a little bit of truth and uh, the words of this song. Let's marinate that uh, for a little bit before we go ahead and do the rest of our service. So sing, if you will. Uh, if you guys can stand, if you want to. Uh, we're going to sing You Never Let Go. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your perfect love is casting out fear. And even when I'm caught in the middle of the storms of this life, I won't turn back, I know you are near. And I will fear no Until that day comes, still I will pray. 
say a prayer right quick. I was real worried about the order of things. You know what? This is a Baptist church. We don't have to have an order. Uh, let me pray before we do our walk around. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for Chris and the folks that put this fine praise team together. And Lord, just bring this joyous sound to each and every one of us. And I do pray that we will never let go of you through all those times that that song just spoke of. Lord, I, I ask for a prayer for our pastor who's uh, preaching at another place today, Lord. I pray that the, the Holy Spirit will be there, and of course it'll be here with Pastor Warren as, as he brings a message. So Lord, I thank you for another day you've given us in the Lord's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. Just walk around and say hello to everybody. Sometimes you just got to get things out.
Frank would say, guys, I got to have it to say, boys and girls, we are blessed to have this here, huh? Come on now. We are so blessed. I have some announcements to make. Uh, there's a men's retreat, May 1st and 2nd. We'll be meeting down at the Radisson Hotel in Corpus again. It's going to be a fishing trip, but, but we will have the word of God being delivered. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and we actually want the younger, younger young men, boys, to come with us and uh, be a fishing trip, and it'll, it'll actually be an enjoyable deal. We did it last year. Uh, Pastor Warren put it on, and uh, it was a, a, a fun time for all of us. Oh, uh, I'm not much of a fisherman, but there, there, there were fish caught. So since Miss Helen spoiled that for me, while we're fishing and in our, in, in our gig, there's going to be a women's retreat May 1st and 2nd, the same thing. Pastor Warren's wife is putting that on. And uh, so it's a spa treatment included, and we hope uh, we can get a number of women together to go do that. Okay, I don't want to forget this, but uh, Pat and, uh, and Christy Duke 
are up in Alaska on, a, on a, another missionary trip. Julie and some others from some other teams will be going up there on Tuesday. Well, there's a couple things going on. A couple of the parishioners that are going up there, their church was, was uh, uh, destroyed in Louisiana. Uh, another church, if I got it correctly, in South Carolina, the roof blew off. Uh, so those are people that are leaving their church to go do a missionary uh, work. And there's another gentleman that all his kids are sick and he's sick and they're trying to keep him from going to get everybody up there sick. So we want to keep them in prayer. And uh, y'all know I am so forgetful, but I didn't forget that. All right. So uh, quickly put on your calendars, January 19th, there is a business meeting after church. Uh, it's called Potluck. And the ladies, well, that's what we're going to eat, Potluck. So the ladies are starting a new Bible study in February. I don't really have a date except February 220. And it's Tuesday, so possibly the first Tuesday. Who can they get with to get more details? Wendy? Julie Workman, okay. Um, so the ladies' Bible class, it starts on Mondays at 9.30, starts tomorrow. <laughs> we had a little hiatus for the Christmas holidays and stuff. Um, there is an Alto Frio Women's Retreat, February 7th and 9th, uh, in Power Conference, February 24th, 25th. I think that's here, right? Yes. No. Oh. And someone asked me to do some dance moves or something. It says, ladies, dance workout classes start back Monday, 11 a.m. Well, I'm not going to give you an example of how to dance. All right, I, I, I started that, okay. Um, we have a Bible scripture reader? Who's, who's coming here? Ricky. Ricky. Yeah, thank you. Father in heaven, I want to pray for Ricky Lord as he brings his words for the scripture. Everything that he says will be of you, Lord, and I pray that people's hearts and minds should be attentive to you, Lord, and I pray this in Christ's name. Thank you. Morning, y'all. I got asked this week to do the scripture reading, and I've never done it, so bear with me, but uh, something had, you know, last year was kind of a rough year for us, and I know a lot of people, but uh, I was hoping for a better year this year it's kind of started off a little rough kind of got laid off from my job yes possibility of coming back uh, but we all react to different things in different ways I was unhappy at first and then it kind of like thought about it I said you know what we got this so the verse is 2 Corinthians 1 3 through 4 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of our mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And this is something to think about. When you're facing something you think you can't handle, know that God is walking with you during this difficult time. He will not leave you. And instead, 
you can find him comf- find comfort by casting all your care on God. He will help show you the right way to get through your trials. All right, we've got some instruments in the back too. I like that. All right, we're going to continue our uh, service and song this morning. So if you guys would just like to take a comfortable position of worship. Um, we're going to start out with one that we haven't done in a while. This one's called Desert Song. Uh, kind of along with, with what Ricky was saying there. Just uh, There's a lot of things that you can base your, your prayer on. And uh, there's a few of these things listed in this song that maybe will resonate with a few of us. So uh, this is Desert Song.
And they sound good. I, I keep trying to bribe them. I have contracts in the car. I want to be their manager, but they still hadn't got that one yet. <laughs> anyway, can we go to the Lord in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for another day's rising. Father, we thank you that you allowed us 
just to give praises to your name for all that you've done for us. Father, I ask that you would just bless everybody within these walls. Let your Holy Spirit ring and just rest upon our minds and hearts right now. That this word may go out and not go out void, Father, but touch somebody's heart. Let them know that what they're going through right now is just a season. But in that season, you're still with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Boy, that's good. Y'all are awake. Somebody is. I'm trying to wake up. Today's message um, hit me like a ton of bricks earlier in the week, and it wouldn't let go. So what God has given me, I'm going to give to you. It's located in the Old Testament. A lot of of people don't like to read that, but I find that one quite fun. But it comes from the book of Habakkuk, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5. Now, I'm reading NIV. Okay, well, that makes it easy. Thank you, Morgan. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. How long, Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen? Or cry out to you about violence and you do not save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? And why do you tolerate wrongdoing, oppression, and violence or in right in front of me? Strife is ongoing. And conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective. And justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous. Therefore justice comes out perverted. But here's what God's answer is. Look at the nations and observe. Be utterly astounded. For something is taking place in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. Thank you. Well, she's a lifesaver. I'm going to use a topic, yet I will trust in God. Our pastor, Frank Pomeroy, has has made us have a declaration of 2020 to find a, a purpose in our heart to follow God. And for me, it's quite easy. I did that a long time ago. But for some, that might not be so easy. It's easily said, but when we get back home and get out of our comfort zone and and start to look at the world, all of a sudden following God is really not easy when you see what's happening around us. I have no problem with it, but you may run across somebody that you're trying to persuade, you're trying to let them know how good God is, but they will throw things up in your face to cause you to think sometimes about your own walk with God. I uh, got a restoration shop, and my wife, she's the boss. I'm hired help. <clears throat> she sits in the office. I'm out there getting dirty. But anyway, I like to play my music loud in the shop. Yeah. But that's what keeps me comforted. And I'd run her crazy because I'm always playing it loud and she can't slam the door quick enough so she can't watch her ID channel work on the computer. But there are times when a certain song may arise and I hear. And my son has caught me a few times. I will sit in front of my toolbox in my chair. Sometimes I break down and cry at the sad state of affairs that we are in right now. A song came on the radio, and I had to sit back 
and think about the words for a second. I don't know if y'all remember the guy by the name of Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the song, Let's Get It On. No. (laughs) Not that song. (laughs) But he did come out with a song called What's Going On. And if you listen to the words, I'm thinking about it in my mind. I said, wait a minute. This song was written way back in 1971. But if you listen to the words, you would have thought it was just written yesterday. Mothers are still crying. Fathers are still going through problems. We're still going to war. On top of that, we still have violence in our churches. We can't go worship God without something happening, a shooting, a bombing, somebody getting killed. It's always bad news. Wow, how history repeats itself. Which it brings me back to this particular text. The prophet is laying out some things when He's prophesizing, but more about it, you want to look at, he is actually complaining to God. At one point, the more you read this here scripture, he's actually angry. He's asking God, why is everything evil still going about? I've prayed to you time and time again, and you don't seem to listen. You're not answering my prayer. Look around us right now. How many times have we prayed for something, and it's still wake up the next morning, and it's still the same as when we lat down and prayed? Has anything changed? Sometimes I have that feeling like Habakkuk. I pray about things. And as I wake up and look at the situation, my God, has anything changed? For whatever step we take forward, it seems like the devil wants us to take us two steps back. And we wonder, is God still around? But I'm here to tell you that through my life, I don't care about my ups and downs. I will still trust him. I still give him praise, no matter what I've been through, because I know he's brought me through a mighty thing. But for someone that their walk might not be as strong as mine, for someone that they, they, they don't quite have it all together, but they really want to do right, this is shaky ground. It's so easy to turn on the news. And what do you hear? Well, we're bombing Iran again, and they're bombing us back again. I thought that was over with a long time ago when Bush ran it over. But we're back to this again. History repeats itself. So you must ask yourself, are we like Habakkuk here? Is anything changed? God, are you listening? Yet, I will still trust in God. Those things I've mentioned, we see time and time again. And you see them on the TV. It ain't hit us yet. But let's get down to some personal issues. I know I'm going to step on toes. I really don't care. Probably my own. But it's one thing to see it on TV. It's one thing to hear about things that are happening bad far off. But when it comes to your own front door, how are you going to react? There are things that I I know that I'm speaking about me. I've been through. I've been to church. I go faithfully. I I was just discussing with Brother Cole back the other day, uh, my former church. We faithfully drove 30 miles one way every Sunday, sometimes two, three times a week. Not missing anything, always paying our tithes, everything, just being a good Christian as we can be. And then somebody somewhere, somehow, the devil has somebody stab you in the back. Turns out to be a friend. 
How are you going to react to that? God, I was doing my very best. I wasn't bothering anybody. But yet and still, something bad happened to me. You know what God told me? Why not you? I made you. When it comes on your own front door, it brings a realization of what is happening around us and how we react to that. Even in the midst of somebody stabbing you in the back, talking about you like you are not a child of God, you still have to have love for that person. Kind of hard to do at times. Because there are some people I want to tell God, if you give me five minutes, Lord, just turn your back. Five minutes. I just want to lay a hand on them. I'm just being real. That's the human side. But unfortunately, we can't always live in the human side. We have to concentrate on the spiritual side of life because that is our eternal soul. That is our eternal life. So things that happen to us know that God is still around. And yes, you need to still praise him. There is this other thing. There have been circumstances in life that hits your front door that's overwhelming. I know you've had family members that get sick. You've had loved ones leave, loved ones die on. And you ask yourself the question, well, why? They've done everything right, but yet still they got cancer and died. And this one here lived. Why? They were just going to the store and got shot. This one here was going to the club, and he's fine. Why is all of this happening, God? Are you listening to us? But understand something. Through all of them circumstances, you still got to have praise. Because God is doing a work that, unbeknownst to us, we don't always understand what God's doing. Because you know the joke. You want to make God laugh? Tell him your plans. And man, every night I pray, boy, I, it's like Richard Pryor. He laughing at me real tough. You think you're going to do that? Nah. God is working a work within us. And what I want to share with you is, no matter how things look bad-wise, God is doing something on the inside. He's doing something to change somebody else's life. Even though you may be going through something that's crazy, topsy-turvy, somebody is watching you. I tell it all the time, every one of us are a minister to some degree in these walls. You are ministering to somebody because guess what? There's always somebody around that's going through a situation that you're coming out of. And you know what? The best thing there is to lead them to Christ is they're watching you. When they see you have joy in spite of everything going down, well, if he can do that, so can I. I've seen, I, I, I used to be a volunteer firefighter. Uh, I, I wasn't like the one in backdraft. We ain't going in the fire. <laughs> I made sure they had water in the truck. And, and, and I, 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 I was crazy enough to recruit my father with me. He was worse than me. He stayed in the truck, made sure they kept running. But, but one time we, we, we happened on a fire. And it destroyed the man's whole mobile home. It wasn't even no use of putting water on it, man. All we could do was just ride up and say, wow. And he's sitting out just, well. That's one heck of a fire, ain't it? I said, yeah, and I didn't know he was the owner. Oh 
First, I'm starting to get word. Did he said it himself? But it was an accident, truly an accident. But I was amazed at talking to this old gentleman. He lost everything. He says, man, that's all right. God got me. I'm pretty sure he'll find some more place for me to stay anyway. I was getting ready to get a new one as it is, no problem. Dude, you just lost everything you got, and you happy? I'd have been pulling my hair out. But see, that lets me know back then my walk wasn't like it is now in Christ. His walk was a lot deeper. He could see things better than I could. He could go through some things that didn't affect him as they would me. We have to be like that. Our experiences, even though some of them may be bad, some of them may be crazy, topsy-turvy, God is taking you through something to make you better. God is taking you through something to help somebody else. And the minute we understand that, God, our walk gets a little better. Then you'll be able to look back and say, wait a minute, the world is a little bit crazy. We're still having wars. We're still having famine. There's still violence in the church. Some people just, you know, we're blessed in a country where we can still say, praise Jesus. Because there are some countries, you mention his name, you just got beheaded. So all in all, how bad it looks, it's really not that bad. Here's the thing. I'm still going to praise God, even though if his plans include destroying me. That sounds crazy, don't it? If I were to tell somebody that, especially somebody with their walk is just not that good, they'd probably call Laurel Ridge. <laughs> he need that rubber room right now. <laughs> but no, think about it. If God's plans including destroying me to promote his kingdom. Don't you think God is still going to take care of me? If his plans include taking you through something that may break you down, don't you think God loves you enough to pick you back up? Because I, I figured out something. I'm not a farmer, but I am better than my wife. She can kill plastic. <laughs> she bought a plastic plant and I see them wilting. So I'm better than her. But I've tried my hand at farming a little bit. And I understand something. When you plant a seed in the ground, the seed has to die. It has to break before it gives life again and more life. God has to break us down sometimes before we can receive a blessing. He's got to break us to our core sometimes. And then real life begins to come. I've heard the definitions about faith, you know, they have a bunch of definitions, but mine is this here. Faith is trusting in God even when you don't understand his plan. And let's be real, a lot of us don't have a clue what God is doing for us. He'd allowed us to wake this morning. He let us put one foot in front of the other. A lot of us have roofs over our heads we take for granted. I tell everybody, you know, especially the unbelievers that think they can control everything. And I was talking to one gentleman not too long ago. He really didn't believe in God. He, he, he uh, thinks that's a myth and he got his own notions and everything about, you know, life. And I said, oh, there's really no God, huh? Nah, Ray, that's just, that's just fairy tales. I said, okay. Well, hold your breath for about 10 minutes. Let me see how that's going to work for you. <laughs> you can't. Look. Just the thought of breathing is a blessing. 
Just the thought of knowing your name is a miracle. And that is why I still yet will trust in God. Because I've been through some things that are crazy, especially being a truck driver for over 30 years. I've seen some crazy nonsense. But through it all, God has brought me through. I look back over my life now. Even though I was going through a circumstance, at that point in time, seemed like there was no way out. But I'm still here today by the grace of God. He blessed me. He's continuing to bless me. So even sometimes I may be in the valley. And when I mean in the valley, I am crawling. I am low, y'all. God is right there with me, pushing me through. Because he has an ultimate plan I know nothing about. But long as I'm included in the plan, I'm blessed. Use me how you will. You need to have that understanding. When you have that understanding, then you're able to purpose your heart to follow God. Because as bad as you may think you have it now, it could be a lot worse. We're sitting in here, man, it's cold outside and we got heat. There are some that still have tents and huts. We have vehicles. There are some that still have wagons and mules and whatever. I don't like mules, I like horses. But anyway, you see how blessed we have it. It is unreal. Which brings me to Toward the end, because y'all know I'm not a thoroughbred, I'm a quarter horse. I just get the message out there real quick. At the end of this particular chapter, the third chapter is in Habakkuk, he says, 3 and 18, basically, through it all, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God my Savior. Through all of this, if you read the whole chapter, Habakkuk is angry. He is upset. He's been praying for things, and it don't seem to be any kind of difference made. But understand something. Our time is not God's time. He's doing things around the scene, in the scene, that we don't understand yet. Which brings me to my conclusion. The reason why you need to purpose yourself, purpose your heart to follow God. Fast forward to John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It sounds good. I've heard people say it like they were in a New York play. I've seen it plastered on t-shirts. But do you really know what's behind those words? Do you really understand what God is saying here? I'll give you all a a brief analogy. In my life, God has blessed me with very important men in my life. One in particular, I loved him dearly. Oh, he was a character, was my grandfather. God called him home. My uncle, God called him home. Well, praise be to God, I still have my earthly father here. Amen. I love him to the moon and back. And if y'all see all them gray hairs, 90% of them, I gave it to him. But there was a story, true story. Back when I, uh, years ago, you know, I played Pop Warner football. 
And the worst thing there is is to go home with the coach. My dad was the coach. Now, for the first few years of my little brief Pop Warner football career, I didn't know parents take that stuff so seriously. Man, they got scouting reports and everything, and I didn't know all of this here. Well, one particular game, I, I fumbled the ball. God, why did I do that? My dad was the head coach then. He made me pack that football for a week to school in the back. If I had to go to the bathroom, the ball was sitting right there. It needed toilet paper, too. If we ate the ball late, to this day, I will not drop a football. It's ingrained in me. Well, the last year of my Pop Warner career, my dad was not the head coach. He was actually the coach on the defensive side. And I did mostly offense. I ran the ball. And back then, they, we had two newspapers in San Antonio, the San Antonio Light, San Antonio Express. And it was just a joy for us to get the paper, and they would actually put our stats in the paper, how many yards we got and everything. And wow, that was a blessing. I was actually the third fastest in San Antonio at that time. Not because I was skilled, y'all. I was scared to death. <laughs> <laughs> I'd run out of bounds. I'd run through the cheerleaders. Man, they thought I was doing something. I was just trying to save my life. But anyway, our last year, the last game we played, i never forget it. I was in fifth grade. No, I was in sixth grade. We played a team on the west side of San Antonio called the Little Cowboys. And praise God, it wasn't nothing little about them. <clears throat> Them were the biggest sixth graders I've ever seen in my life. I could have sworn one of them had a beard. (laughs) Anyway, this game, if we were to win it, we could go to a bowl game. Great. I should have known something when we got to the football field. I couldn't see any grass. It was some hard ground. There was grass patches here and there. I said, well, we're going to be all right. And when they got to fouling out of that Behind them bleachers, I said, oh, oh, daddy, uh, my stomach hurt. I don't think I can. Boy, get out there. Well, I played wing back. And it seemed like every time I got the ball, our jerseys were blue, theirs were white. Every time I got the ball, all I saw was white jerseys. It got to a point where I get the ball, I just sit down because, hey, man, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm getting beat up from the flow up. The score was actually six to six. And the only reason we got a touchdown is because we punted the ball and the guy fumbled the ball and one of our players fell on it on the end zone. Couldn't get an extra point. It was that bad. So I'm looking at the referee. And back then, we didn't have what they have now, the scoreboards that light up and everything. I'm like, say, how much time we got? Because, man, they are whooping me. I didn't have but six different plays. Seemed like every time they called my play, I would get annihilated. I know it's the last quarter, and I'm getting beat up so bad, my helmet got twisted sideways. I can't, I'm about to lose my mind. This is a father-son analogy. I start looking in the crowd trying to find my mama. (laughs) When I didn't see her, I said, oh, this is bad. It had got so bad that 
we got down to the third string quarterback. That was early in the game. And I never forget, that's how they got six points. Because uh, the third string quarterback was me. And they hiked the ball to me, and I saw blue jerseys disappearing, white jerseys. Here's the ball, take it, go ahead. <laughs> I made it look good like I really fumbled. No, I didn't. I gave him the ball. But anyway, end of the fourth quarter, I am in pain. Everybody's getting beat up. Just, I mean, we had tears in our eyes. Now, mind you, my, my father's not the head coach. He's not the boss. All of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see my daddy run out on the field. Oh, thank God, he gonna pull me out. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. He done called a timeout. Okay, well, make it look good. I'll go sit on the bench anyway. He gathers the offense together, and the head coach sitting there, and he says, look here. It's obvious that every time you get the ball, they're, they're keying on you. Yeah, Daddy, it hurt. It hurt bad. Here's what we're going to do. We got about 60 seconds left in this game and two timeouts. I'm still not understanding what he's getting at. So what we're going to do is we're going to call your play every down. Understand something. What's going through my head right now? I thought you was my daddy. <laughs> you gonna do what? Boy, listen to me. We're gonna call your play every day. Oh my God! Holy gee. Okay. He said, "Now what you gonna do? As soon as you get that ball, run to me." I'm saying to myself, I'm not only going to run to you, I'm going to run to the car if I can get a chance. <laughs> what I didn't know is every time I got the ball, I never forget, I would run around the left end. Sure enough, I see these white jerseys, but I'm running. I see my daddy. I'm running to my father. They, they tackle me, yeah. But what I didn't understand is every time I run to my father, I was getting three and four yards at a time. We lucked up and got a first down. Oh, we moving now. Daddy said, okay, called another timeout. We got no more timeouts. They got no more timeouts. It's about 20 seconds left. Daddy said, well, you hurting? I said, yeah, I'm hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This time, our quarterback's name was Al Robinson. He said, this time, Al, make it like you're going to give Tiger the ball. That's my nickname, y'all don't know now. And you continue to run like you've been running. But Al, this time you keep the ball. And you run around the other way. A turtle could outrun Al. He was that slow. I'm saying, this cannot work. We tried it anyway. Ain't but 20 seconds left. I just want to get home and watch some cartoons, little rascals, you know, have my mama baby me, you know. We called a play. I ran around the end, fake like I had the ball. Sure enough, all these white jerseys came over here trying to crash on me. While Al took the ball... Walked into the goal line. Touchdown. We won the game. I say that to say this. This is why you yet still trust God. Because that's what the father did with the son. The son came down and took our sins away. Bear all our stripes, all our problems, so that we could make it through. If you don't know how to trust God by now, I, I got some words for you. See, I've been lied on, talked about, but I'm still here. 
I've had some good days. I've had some bad days, but I'm still here. I've had some trials and tribulations that I can't even explain right now, but I'm still here by the grace of God. So will I trust him? Yes, I will, because what he's done for me, it makes no difference about what goes on around me. As long as I'm in God's plan, I know everything's going to be all right. If you don't trust God by now, think about it. Where you're sitting right now is a blessing. Think about what you have right now is a blessing. You at least know your name. Some people get up, they can't even remember what yesterday was like. You have a roof over your head. God has blessed you beyond measure. That's why you yet trust in God. Because what the son went through and the father, the plan they had together to give us a right to the tree of salvation, a right to life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, I challenge you today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a mighty good day. For we don't know the time or the hour. Tomorrow's not a promise. And as our pastor said, purpose in your heart to follow God. No matter what, even though things may get crazy, doesn't make any sense, no rhyme or reason, God is still God. And he has a plan for each and every one of us. Amen. I'm going to end with a prayer. And the rest will show up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Father, have that you would just bless everyone here. Touch them in a mighty way, Jesus. Let this word just be in them, Father, that they walk a little closer with you. And let you know that you're with them side by side. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And as the band will come.
Amen. 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 Praise be to God. We have two here that want to join our church. Amen. Well, I, I have uh, asked them the question that Frank asked me. I think they're good. So, no, I know they're good. They believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And for all that should agree, what y'all say? Amen. I think that's an amen. Amen. <laughs> bless you, bless you, so you. Bless you, my man. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't finish it. I'm not that far. Okay, well, can't read I can't read it. J- Jimmy and Harriet Montgomery. <laughs> Amen. But see, now I have to get a nickname for him because he knows all of mine, so I'm working on it. <laughs> Welcome, man. Welcome to the church. Okay. 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 Harriet. When the service is over...
Thank <laughs> you.